This week, we take a look back at the most listened to episodes of Season 8 of On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 377 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zimrak, and this is the final episode of season eight of On Screen and Beyond. We're finally getting it to you. 50 episodes. Can you believe it? 50 great guests that we've had over the past season, and we're going to keep going. We've got more coming your way when we start season nine on September 6th. So if all goes well, that's the date that we're going to be starting September 6th for the ninth season of On Screen and Beyond. Uh, but looking back this week, we're going to be taking a peek at the guests that we've had, and we're also going to do a top five countdown of the five most popular downloads and listenings to season eight. And uh, we'll see if your favorite one was in there, because we had some great guests this year. We included, we started off with Susan Baccalini, who was in Jaws, the girl that gets eaten at the very beginning of the movie. And then we went to uh, on and on with some great guests like William Sanderson, who was on Bob Newhart and Deadwood. On Bob Newhart, he was Larry. And we had members of the cast of The Sixteen Candles. We'd have director David Mickey Evans was here from Sandlot. And also Pat Priest, Marilyn Munster, Marky Post was here from Night Court, John Amos from Good Times, and Tom Wopat of Dukes of Hazards, and Richard Reilly of Office Space, Marla Gibbs, Debbie Gibson, Mark Goddard from Lost in Space, Little Richard, Richard Anderson, and we had George Wint, Norm from Cheers, and we had Ray Stevens, and Doctor Who, Sylvester McCoy, and it just went on and on. We had so many great guests, and I hope you've listened to every single one of them, and we've got more coming in Season 9, so I hope you're going to be joining us for that. But there's been a lot of things going on, and uh, this is... Uh, this month was kind of uh, sporadic as far as when I could get the episodes out. And I'm going to tell you about that and what's going on because it's uh, kind of exciting news for me. But uh, let's see. Uh, season 9, I said, was starting on September 6th. We're looking for. But right now we have a DVD giveaway. We've been doing a lot of those, and we hope to continue that. But we need your help with this because uh, we got to have somebody to give them away to. And without you uh, getting in touch with us, we won't be able to give the DVDs away. And, of course, uh, the more people we have, then uh, the more the studios will give me to give away. So uh, why don't you uh, try out for this one? This one's a good one. They're all good, but this one's a good one, too. Uh, the DVD giveaway we're going on right now is The Age of Adeline with Blake Lively and Harrison Ford. Now, this is coming out on September 8th. And our contest will go through September 8th. And if you would like to have a chance to win, it's very simple. Send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and just say, I want to be entered into the contest. That's it. On September 8th at noon Eastern time, we have to have all the entries in by then. What we will do, we will have a drawing and we will send out the uh, DVDs, or I won't actually, the studio will send them to you. And it probably takes, a, I'm guessing, a week or two or something like that to get it. But uh, it's simple. Just ask the people who have been winning in the last uh, month or so that we've been giving them away. So if you want to continue this, 
go ahead and enter and we will get that out to you if you are the winner. So uh, we'd appreciate that very much. And like I said, it is The Age of Adelines. Good movie. I watched it just the other day. And Blake Lively and Harrison Ford are in that one. So uh, if you like a little sci-fi and a little bit of uh, romantic uh, movies, uh, you know, there's a little something for everybody in there. You might want to check that out if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't win one. But just go ahead and enter. That's all you got to do. And let's see, uh, we're also going to take a peek at, well, why don't we, yeah, uh, we're going to look at this, uh, the weekly listings of how many people from all over the world are listening to On Screen and Beyond, and it changes. The top five as far as that changes. This week, Germany was the number five most listeners that we had, and Spain was number four, Finland was number three, and Australia has been a constant number two for quite a while now. And, uh, of course, the U.S., uh, um, that's where I'm from. So, obviously, we get a lot of listeners from the United States. And we appreciate everybody who's listening to us. Uh, we have listeners all over the world, like I said. And uh, China, U.K., Canada, Ireland, those are the ones that keep bouncing around with the three, four, and five. But, like I said, Australia lately has been uh, just going full boom and they are up at number two. So um, hope you'll tell your friends about On Screen and Beyond. We'll get more listeners from all of the countries all over the world. And we appreciate hearing from you. Can, you can email me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And uh, we can communicate. Love hearing from you. Well, some people are wondering, why have I been not going on the Sunday's episodes like we usually do? Well, for one thing, it's near the end of the season. So uh, we're getting down to the end here for season eight but uh we did get the 50 episodes in but they have been a little off on the sundays like we normally do that is because uh, about 30 years ago i wrote a movie or i wrote a, a story actually for my daughters and uh it eventually had the possibility of becoming a movie and it was uh, written up. We actually got uh, things going on it. It was going to be an animated film. It's a, a children's movie. And uh, we actually went and had the recordings done. Uh, they flew me out to L.A. to do the directing on the voices. Uh, it included Dom DeLuise, who has passed away, unfortunately. Danica McKellar from The Wonder Years was there. She was one of the voices. June Lockhart from Lost in Space. Ruth Buzzy from Laugh-In, Bill Farmer, who plays Goofy on all the Disney movies and uh, shows that he's on, Rob Paulson from The Animaniacs and uh, Pinky and the Brain, Debbie Derryberry from Jimmy Neutron, Julian Sands from 24, Rose Red, and Gotham most recently. And all these people were part of the voices that I had to direct. And then what happened, like uh, things do, the uh, movie fell through. Uh, we had problems with the animation company, and it didn't work out. So it sort of was in limbo. The producers were trying to figure out what to do. And now, 10 years later, they I got a call, and they said, we're moving ahead with it. So here we are. We're back in mode again, and I uh, had to do some things where I had to look at... Uh, the animation, see if it met what we wanted in the backgrounds. And I had to go over all kinds of things like that. So that's why I've been very busy with other things and I haven't had a chance to get an episode out. So that is why, and uh, we're going to be continuing this, but uh, hopefully it's not going to interfere with the, the regular show, but I will keep them coming for you. 
And uh, who knows? Maybe we can get some more of these people. We've had some of these people as a guest here at On Screen and Beyond, but we'll see. Maybe we can get some of these people to join us uh, once again. And like I say, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that things won't fall through again. And eventually this movie called Bonji Bear in the Kingdom of Rhythm will be coming out toward, uh, you know, uh, well, might take a year or two. I don't know how long it's going to take the animation people to do the actual animation. And then they got to put it all together. So we'll find out what happens on that. So uh, wish me luck on that and keep your fingers crossed. And I'll keep you informed on what's going on with that. But we got to get into the show this week. And uh, like I said, we are going to look at uh, the five top downloads, listen to episodes of season eight of On Screen to Beyond. That's coming up in a few minutes. But uh, we're going to look at September releases in theaters and on DVD next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness coming up in September as far as releases in theaters. No remakes coming our way. That's unusual for September. But I'm sure as we get closer to the holiday season, things will be picking up as far as remakes, and we will keep you informed of that. So that's it. No remakes in September. In theaters, coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies in theaters in September. Upcoming new movies, September 2nd, Nick Nolte and Robert Redford star in A Walk in the Woods. As it comes to theaters, it's about two friends who walk the Appalachian Trail and things start to happen. September 11th, M. Night Shyamalan brings us The Visit, with two kids visiting their very, very strange and scary grandparents. Kate Bosworth and Hayden Christensen star in 90 Minutes in Heaven, as a man dies, goes to heaven, and then comes back, much against his will. September 18th, Everest explores an expedition to the top of the world. I saw the previews for that yesterday. And it looks really good. September 18th also brings Black Mass to the screen with Johnny Depp in the starring role of gangster Whitey Bulger. And on September 18th, Sicario stars Emily Blunt as an FBI agent fighting Mexican drug lords. And on September 25th, Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway star in The Intern as a 70-year-old takes a job as an intern. And that's it for upcoming new movies in theaters in September. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as sequels in theaters in September? We've got it next. Sequels coming your way in September in theaters. Well, it looks like the Transporter series continues on September 4th with Transporter Refueled. September 18th, the second outing of the Maze Runner series brings Maze Runner The Scorch Trials. And Hotel Transylvania 2 brings your favorite monsters back to the big screen on September 25th. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond... What's coming your way as far as TV on DVD in September? TV on DVD coming your way in September. September 1st, Castle, Season 7. Chicago Fire, Season 3. Chicago PD, Season 2. Franklin and Bash, Season 3. And it looks like The League, Season 6. Madam Secretary, Season 1. Nashville, Season 3. Texas Rising, the miniseries, will also be coming your way. And on September 8th, Blue Bloods, Season 5, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Season 2, The Goldbergs, Season 2. 
and Gotham Season 1, Haven Season 5, Volume 1, The Hee Haw Collection will also be coming your way, Homeland Season 4, and Mr. Belvedere Season 4, and Supernatural Season 10 will be coming your way on September 8th. September 15th, look for Aquarius Season 1, Big Bang Theory Season 8, CSI Season 15, CSI Cyber Season 1, Empire Season 1, Family Guy Season 13, Lost in Space, Blu-ray Complete Adventures, and NCIS Season 12, and the returned The Complete Series. September 18th, Agent Cotter Season 1, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2, and Blackish Season 1. September 22nd, look for Arrow, Season 3, The Flash, Season 1, King of the Hill, Season 12, Modern Family, Season 6, and The Nanny, Season 4. September 29th, Bone, Season 10, Fresh Off the Boat, Season 1, and The Great American Dream Machine. That's a, that's an old one. <laughs> it was pretty good, actually. It wasn't on long, but uh, that's going to be coming your way, the complete series. And Grimm, Season 4. And that's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD in September? We've got it next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Movies on DVD coming your way in September, September 1st. The D-Train with Jack Black. Mad Max Fury Road with Tom Hardy. September 8th, The Age of Adeline with Blake Lively. And Harrison Ford, September 15th, Cinderella with Kate Blanchett, Disney Nature's Monkey Kingdom, and Furious 7 with Vin Diesel, Love and Mercy with Paul Denno. And September 27th, Pitch Perfect 2 with Anna Kendrick will be coming your way. September 29th, Entourage with Kevin Conley, and Poltergeist with Sam Rockwell, and Spy with Melissa McCarthy. And that's it for movies on DVD coming your way in September. Next on On Screen and Beyond... We are going to be taking a peek at the five most listened to episodes of On Screen and Beyond that came our way in Season 8. And it's these are the ones that you have downloaded and listened to. And we're going to let you know which one were the top five. That's coming up next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. And like I said earlier, we have had such a fantastic group of guests here at On Screen and Beyond on Season 8. And it, it, it's, it would be hard to pick who was the best and who we enjoyed the most. But I'm sure you all have your favorites. And we can tell to some degree which one was the most popular, of course, because of the downloads that we had. And uh, how many people were listening and all that stuff. So we've done the tabulations and I figured it all out. And coming in at number 5 was an actor, director, 
He's been in all sorts of movies and TV shows. Uh, he was on The Good Wife, and he was recently in the movie Selma. He was in Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, and he was in Anchorman 2. And he was the director of 23 Blast. Dylan Baker comes in at number five for the most downloaded and listened to episode of On Screen and Beyond. And it was a really interesting episode. He had a lot to talk about. Of course, we talked about his career. We talked about his directing of this film, 23 Blast, which is a fantastic movie. It's a great story. And if you get a chance, be sure to check that out because it's, if you like sports movies, uh, and also, uh, it's about a, a young man who, uh, well, I don't want to give it away, but <laughs> anyways, it, it's just one of those movies that gets you up and cheering and everything. So anyways, here's what Dylan had to say about what movies he, uh, enjoyed the most working on. Uh, in terms of movies, uh, I, I, di- I did enjoy working on Selma. That's just come out. Yeah, Oscar uh, nominated. But, uh, I also really enjoyed working on Anchorman 2 last year. That was a lot of fun. You, know, you don't it, it normally must... get to work with people like Will Ferrell and Steve Carell. At least I don't. And Paul Rudd and Dave Keckner And those guys kept me in stitches all the time. <laughs> I, I don't know how you could even keep from laughing on a set like that well i often didn't i had some dark glasses to hide the fact that i was crying from <laughs> laughing so hard that's dylan baker be sure to check out the entire episode of on screen and beyond to hear exactly what he said uh and all the things he talked about because he was a great guest and uh, had a lot of fun talking with dylan about the his directing and his movies and everything else uh, and of course in uh, anchorman 2 he was just a riot uh, he was the boss of uh not the female boss, not that one, but but the other boss of uh, Will Ferrell. And uh, it was just a, a good episode of On Screen and Beyond, so I hope you'll check that out. We've had a lot of musical guests here at On Screen and Beyond, but this guest has written so many hits. He's just written hit after hit. He and his partner uh, for uh, music also had a career themselves. They were making songs and singing them and everything. Uh, and uh, he was half of Boyce and Hart. And uh, he also, of course, uh, was half of the writing team for many hits for many groups, including the Monkees, like I'm Not Your Stepping Stone and Last Train to Clarksville. Bobby Hart was here at On Screen and Beyond. We had a nice talk with him. He was promoting his book. And if you get a chance, be sure to check that book out because it's got uh, a lot of stories and everything, a lot of interesting stuff. But Bobby Hart comes in at number four. And when we were talking to Bobby, uh, here's what Bobby had to say when I asked him who were his inspirations musically when he was growing up. What about music? Who were the, the, the people that inspired you? Well, I was when I was coming up, you know, I, I, I loved music right from as long as I can remember, but I didn't like what they were calling popular music in those days, which was the old-style Sinatra-style Joe Stafford. They had something called Your Hit Parade on every Saturday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they had a staff of five, I think, uh, singers who would sing the hits of that week, top hits of that week. And and I wasn't into it at all. It just seemed seemed like it didn't have much soul to it or emotion to it. It was more uh, technical oriented. So I listened to country music. I grew up on country music and I loved I loved the old country guys from Webb Pierce and uh, Hank Snow, 
the Hanks know all the Hanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Hank, Hank Williams and Hank Lachlan. And, yeah, and uh, so that's what I cut my teeth on. And then when rock and roll came in, uh, the country the country station in Phoenix where I grew up was was the number one station. And uh, so they were the first to play Elvis Presley and uh, Gene Vincent and. So I loved I loved rockabilly. So those were really my first influences were were the Elvis guys and the rockabilly guys. And when I got to to L.A. in 1958, I got my first record deal, uh, pretty much singing as a rockabilly guy. Really? Wow. Yeah, you can find it on it's on YouTube under Robert Luke Harshman, which was my given mm-hmm. name. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so those are my influences, and then and then. Pop stations, of course, switched over and started playing not only the rockabilly stuff, but the what had been called race music up until then, the R and B stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I was very influenced. And I was uh, earlier than that. Even I was influenced. Well, I, maybe not. I would say in my in my mid teens, I was influenced by uh, uh, the black music that was starting to hear. In those days, I was still having to listen to the to the R and B stations. I'd have to drive to the to that section of town, the African American section of town, to 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 buy those records. Hmm. Wow! But uh, groups like uh, the Moon Glows and uh, 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 even the even the Coasters and and the uh, the name of the group that had the girl in it. Uh, Tony Williams was the lead singer. The Platters. Platters. Oh, okay. Made yeah. some great records. Oh yeah, jeez. Oh. So I was I was influenced by that, and then when I was down in the in the south central part of Phoenix buying R and B records, I got turned on to black gospel records, and that that really was an influence on me. I loved black gospel, and still do. And uh, so those are my early influences, and then uh, you know rock. The rock era hit, and a whole bunch of people that I that I uh, respected and then enjoyed after that. And of course, uh, Bobby also talked about uh, being one of the writers and playing the music on some of the early hits of the Monkees. And he also made mention of the studio musicians, who of course were known as the Wrecking Crew, which in a later episode of On Screen and Beyond this year, we had an episode with the director of a documentary on the Wrecking Crew. So uh, it's a kind of behind-the-scenes thing there. So anyways, this is what he had to say about uh, being working with the Monkees. Well, yeah, for the first album, the album that we, the songs that we produced in the, the first album and some cuts in the second album, we used uh, my my band, which had been Teddy Rendazzo's band, and then when he wasn't working, they came out and we formed a group called the Candy Store Profits, and we were playing clubs around L.A. And so when we got the Monkeys Project as producers, we we used them in the studio. So it was Jerry McGee and Larry Taylor on the bass, and then uh, three great guitarists. Jerry uh, uh, Billy Lewis was on drums, but the three great guitarists were Jerry McGee, Louis Sheldon. And Wayne Irwin, and then Tommy and I would I would do the keyboards when necessary, and Tommy would do a, 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 an acoustic guitar part when necessary, and those kinds of things, or percussion. So that what you did have the Monkey Sound started off to be kind of a real garage band. You know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, 
It wasn't studio musicians. Mm-hmm. And when those uh, when those kinds of articles came out talking about the monkeys not playing on their own records, we just laughed because uh, you could count on one hand the groups that did play on their own records. I mean, you know, up until that point, uh, mostly studio musicians were doing all the all the recordings. Oh, whatever, really? Whether it was the Beach Boys or whether it was Elvis Presley or Frank Sinatra, yep. the studio musicians. That was just the way it worked. Mm-hmm. So to single the monkeys out, of course, I understood why because they had a television show, which which you looked, you turned, you flipped that on, and it looked like they were playing their own music. Right. Yeah. But that was a television show. Right. <laughs> so it wasn't. It wasn't really taken seriously by us. But uh, Michael Nesmith, I think, right from the beginning was seeing how he could uh, take more control, how the group could, could have more control of their own music, not only writing but producing. And um, and so he was feeding those flames by giving interviews. I know there was the Saturday Evening Post interview that he gave where he really blasted, saying, yeah, it's true, we're just manufactured, and they poured all this money into this thing, and, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just actors. And, uh, you know, s- somehow... Uh, using that as ammunition to to gain more control actually worked after a while they they did get the right to produce and write their own record bobby hart coming in at number four Uh, really interesting listening to him and uh, when a person does that much uh, uh, hit music writing you just gotta enjoy listening to him well at number three this guy I really enjoyed he was a down-to-earth guy and it was just so comfortable talking with him uh, he was uh, a long, long career he's had, and he's just a great guy, and he is known for the, his roles on Deadwood, and also as Larry on the Bob Newhart Show, and it's, of course, William Sanderson. He came and joined us and uh, learned a lot about uh, William and the episodes of Bob Newhart and all the other shows he was on, and uh, here's William tells us about how he got the role of Larry on the new heart show how did you come about getting the part as larry on the new heart show well uh boy how do i not get too long-winded it they just called me in an audition and uh i put several layers of clothes like my grandfather had on the farm in kentucky or the bums in the bowery of new york and uh put a quarter in my ear like i'd seen an old black lady do in Mississippi, and uh, they liked it, <laughs> and uh, called me back, and uh, luckily the audience liked it. Oh yeah, we have a live audience. But I don't know if I answered your question. I had played a character in New York on stage called Insect Comedy. He was a tramp who had true insight into what was going on in the world, but he was a drunk, mm-hmm. so. I took parts of him, parts of the town crazy, in another movie called Savage Weekend, and and uh, uh, that's basically it. There he is, William Sanderson, another great guest on On Screen and Beyond. I'm sure you enjoyed that just as much as I did. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, go to onscreenandbeyond.com and go to our rerun section. Go to Season 8, and you'll find William in there. And he's just a great guy and so much fun to talk with. Well, as far as the number two person 
who was downloaded here at On Screen and Beyond, that was our guest. Uh, we step into the world of uh, animation, animation voices, and this guest was the voice of Lucy on the Charlie Brown specials, as well as many other roles uh, where she did live-action roles, too. Pamela Fernan joined us here at On Screen and Beyond, and uh, she had, uh, she's got a great following of people, and uh, here she talks about Charles Schultz and voices changing as far as the youngsters who are doing the voices for his movies and uh, his uh, TV specials and everything. And that's why my voice stayed the same, Charles Schultz. He said, Pam, I, I can't, I, 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 I would normally get a new Lucy right now because you're over the age that we, that we usually um, find new child actors to mm-hmm. do the voices. But he said, your, your voice is staying the same, so we, we might as well use you for the voice of Lucy because I think, I don't know what the cutoff age was, but there was a certain cutoff age where they, they thought that, and they were, it was true, that the kids' voices were changing, especially the boys. Mm-hmm, yeah. So um, I, I got to at least be in the, the film and, and the two specials I did because I, even though I was older than the other kids, my voice still sounded the same. Yeah. Did you try to change your voice at all to, to make that voice? or did... You know, I, I really just thought, about the characters and how the characters would be played. I really can't do all the great, um, great voices like a lot of these really talented voiceover artists do. They can, they can sound like they're old. They can sound like they're young. They can do, they can do um, different dialects and languages. And I never could. I just, I just would look at the character and uh, I would just play the character as if as if it was me. Yeah. And so I really didn't learn how to change my voice. That's Pamela Ferdin coming in at number two of the most downloaded and listened to episodes of On Screen and Beyond for season eight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, here we are at the number one downloaded and listened to episode of On Screen and Beyond during season eight. This guest has been in many, many films. He was actually here talking about uh, promoting one of his latest films, or two of his latest films, actually. But no matter what he does, it seems that most of us remember him as Mike Delfino on Desperate Housewives. James Denton was our guest here at On Screen and Beyond. And James joined us for a fascinating talk, and evidently you guys downloaded it a lot because it was the number one download as far as listen to episodes for season eight here at On Screen and Beyond. And when we were talking to James, uh, I asked him about uh, getting on Desperate Housewives, and here's what he had to say. So Desperate Housewives, were they looking for you, or did you uh, audition for that one? You know, um, I did a show called Threat Matrix, um, which was uh, based on the actual document the president gets in the morning with all of the 
what uh, the NSA believes are the biggest uh, terrorist threats. Um, and it was in 2002. And um, we lasted one year. They put us on, well, first of all, the critics just bashed us because we were capitalizing on people's fears of terrorism. There should not be a television show about terrorism. Well, now they're about 100. Right, you know? yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we were the first one after 9-11. <clears throat> and they put us on Thursday night at 8 o'clock against the final season of Friends and oh. the first season of Survivor. Oh, <laughs> we got buried. So uh, that was one year, but I was the, sort of the main guy in it. And Housewives was casting uh, at that pilot season when we were being canceled. And one of our producers uh, was working with Mark Cherry on developing Housewives and said, you should see Jamie for this. Um, I think he's on the nose. And they basically gave it to me. The biggest job of my life. I had to go in and do the test, but I was the only Mike Delfino that they tested, I think. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, um, But I had done two series for ABC, one called Philly, a Steve Bochco courtroom drama with Kim Delaney, a full season on that <clears throat> as well, and then through a Matrix. And then I had done two pilots for ABC. So I had worked for Disney for a while. So I think they knew, hey, he shows up sober, he knows his lines, you know, he's a team player, we can trust him, and, and they uh, and it paid off for me when they gave me Housewives. Yeah, then you became the desperate housewife hunk. <laughs> well, I guess. There were a few of us, you know, I guess, that they were they called us hunks. It was funny, I had been, you know, in the business for a long time, playing mainly bad guys, and nobody ever called me hunk right. until, until 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 our writers convinced America that Terry Hatcher would date me. And then suddenly I was hunky. I think that's all it was, that was all it was based on was a proximity of Terry Hatcher. Right. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, James has a good sense of humor there, as you can tell. And he also is a musician. And I asked him about his band and the members in the band. So he had this to say about that. Your band. Are you still doing the band from TV? You know, we are, uh, and it's tougher because everybody's spread all out. You know, right. Hugh Laurie, Dr. House, was the big draw with us. He played guitar, played piano, played mandolin, good singer, and everybody loved House. And he was sort of the big attraction with the band. We got a lot of great guys, nothing against any of them, but he was a big star. Mm -hmm. So we played, we still play. We have a gig actually next weekend in San Francisco. We just don't do the big ones anymore because... We're a little. We're all kind of B-less. Well, I, I'll, I'll speak myself. We don't have that big, huge celebrity name uh, like the Russell Crowe and his band, you know, and um, when Kevin Costner plays or you know Bruce Willis. But we're a bunch of guys that you know from TV, and if you watch any TV, you're going to see somebody you like. It's uh, Jesse Spencer, the the really dreamy blonde Australian doctor on House, who is now in Chicago Fire. Uh, Greg Grunberg from Heroes and Alias. Um, Adrian Pazdar from everything from Top Gun to Heroes, uh, Scotty Grimes from ER, um, uh, Jorge Garcia from Lost. Um, so it's a it's a real interesting cross. But Bob Guinea, everybody knows his Bachelor Bob. Jennifer Love Hewitt has sung with us. Terry Hatcher, we sang on American Idol. Um, so it's been a really great thing, strictly for charity. It's yeah. Every dollar uh, that we make goes to charity. And uh, yeah, we we raised over three million bucks. Hmm. Um, over the last uh, seven plus years, just wow. playing, you know, we'll go play a casino and they might donate a hundred thousand dollars, and then we just divvy it up among as many as fifty different charities. Jeez, so at this event that we're going to in San Francisco, it's just a big convention for uh, doctors, but they thought it'd be kind of cute or fun to have the TV band. So we're called Band from TV. We show up, and there's somebody from your favorite TV shows, you know, up there, and and then they donate the money to charity. So it, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, do you do any of the singing? Or are you, you playing guitar? I do or? some. It started out, we did the, uh, we played the TV Guide Emmy party, and they wanted all of us to sing. They said, we want everybody out front. We want the guy from Desperate Housewives out there. We want the guy from the house. 
<clears throat> so we had to find, I'm not a great singer, so we found a few things. Jesse Spencer uh, from House in Chicago Fire is a great fiddle player. So we do doubling down to Georgia, so I can kind of talk my way through that, which yeah. is nice. <laughs> uh, and then I do a couple of Springsteen songs because that's sort of what I grew up with. So we found some stuff that I could sing. But Scotty Grimes, who is one of those guys that, that people don't know his name immediately, but everybody knows him. They had red hair and a beard on, on ER, played Archie. Um, the doctor he played on ER, but mm-hmm. he's a great singer, and Bob Kenny is a great singer too. So they they do most of the heavy lifting. Sounds like you guys um, have a lot of fun. I, I, I do a couple songs. Oh, it's it's we have such a great time. It's you know, and it, the, early on, all our shows were big hits. It was great. I mean, people flew us around. We played on this night show. Like I said, we played on American Idol, and that was a lot of fun. But all our shows got canceled. <laughs> so we started. We said we should call ourselves Band from Pilot Season because you know we were we were House, Desperate Housewives, ER, Lost, Heroes, um, and, and all the shows were gone. So we kind of had to start over. I think you know Jesse is on the show now, Chicago Fire, and I'm on Good Witch. Adrian Pazdar is on the Marvel, um, the superhero show, um, Agents of Shield. Yep, yep. So we're all kind of getting back to you know on our second go round. We're all on different shows now, but uh, mm-hmm. it's been a great way to raise money, and you know it's also kind of selfish. We. You know, we get to go, you know, play music. Right, yeah. James Denton, a great guest here at On Screen and Beyond. I hope you enjoyed all of those people and, of course, all of the other uh, 45 guests that we had last year. And you can still go to onscreenandbeyond.com and you can listen to every single one of them. You can go to iTunes and you can download them. People have told me that there's difficulty sometimes downloading from iTunes. I don't have any control over that. But uh, if you ever want an episode, whether it be the number one, the first episode we ever had, or if it's... Uh, the very latest episode or any in between, just go to onscreenandbeyond.com and you can find all those episodes there and you can download them there. Or you can go to iTunes and uh, take a crack at it and see if you can get it from them. So there they are, the top five. Dylan Baker from uh, 23 Blast that he directed and Anchorman 2 and Spider-Man and The Good Wife. Bobby Hart was number four. And, of course, he wrote all kinds of hit songs like I'm Not Your Stepping Stones and so many others. And at number three was William Sanderson from uh, all kinds of shows like Deadwood and Bob Newhart. Number two was Pamela Ferdin from Lucy, the Charlie Brown specials. He, she was the voice of Lucy. And number one, James Denton. Mike Delfino from Desperate Housewives. So I hope you had an interesting Season 8 here at On Screen and Beyond, just as much as I did. And Season 9 is going to be a good one. We've got a lot of things coming your way, a lot of great guests as always. And I hope you're going to join us. And as I said, that on September 6th, I think I got that right. September 6th, uh, hopefully our first episode will be coming out for Season 9. And I've lined up a great guest for that. And uh, we hope you'll keep listening. Tell a friend. And uh, all over the world, we want to thank you for listening each week here at On Screen and Beyond. And, of course, don't forget, we are giving away DVDs. each. Lately, it's been like each week we have an ep- uh, DVDs to give away. Ongoing right now, The Age of Adeline with Blake Lively and Harrison Ford is in the competition. So all you got to do is send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and on September 8th, after noon Eastern Time, 
We will have a drawing, and we are giving three copies of The Age of Adeline out. So uh, you have good chance uh, to win there because we're giving away more copies. So just go ahead and do that. Just send me an email at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Tell me that you want to enter the contest, and then we'll have the drawings. Simple as that. You don't have to do anything, answer any questions or anything like that. Just turn around and send in your name. And once we've had the the drawing done, we will contact you, find out your mailing address and everything, and then we will have the studio send those out to you. So that's it. That's all you got to do. And uh, like I said earlier, this was the final episode of Season 8 of On Screen and Beyond. Season 9 will be starting up shortly, and we hope you've had uh, an entertaining 50 episodes of On Screen and Beyond, and we've got a lot more coming your way. So be sure to be listening. So that's a wrap for this week at On Screen and Beyond. Till next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 